Hello, we are the Manic Street Speakers. We find our truth, we face our truth, speak our truth and be our truth. Coming up in this emergency podcast, a plethora of vivid news sent by Grace of the Manics. But first, let me introduce you to a dear friend who I haven't written an intro for because this is an emergency podcast. It's Emma. Thank you very much. I mean, you are also a dear friend and I've not written you one either. (laughs) So I'm just going to say... Everybody, let's just say a big hello to somebody who is in an empty house that he has not broken into. It's Mikey! Thank you very much. Yes, this is why it's a very weird, echoey, boomy sound that I've got going on. I've moved house and I'm just sat in an empty room with no furniture, staring at my laptop. (laughs) I mean, that's. I feel like that should be filmed in black and white and there should be sad (laughs) piano music over it. Um, yeah, so what we were going to do, episode 12 was going to be part one of Everything Must Go, but because my life situation has kind of changed, um, we've had to move out quite quickly in the past six weeks, we're going to delay that into the next episode, but the Manics have only sprung us with some surprises this week. First up, on Thursday we got a Kieran Evans directed trailer for the album. It was a Lynch-esque mood piece with short excerpts of the songs. What were your your thoughts when you first heard that? I was really excited by it because it was so moody. And I thought, do you know what? I feel like this is going to go down an avenue that I want the Manics to go down. Because I have said multiple times over the last year, we need a Manics album. Because the world is fucked. I mean, let's just put it very plainly. Politics is fucked. The world is fucked. You know, everything is kind of fucked. And... We need that. We need a Manix album. And then seeing that trailer where it was quite dark and moody, I was like, yes. Me too. I was in the car waiting outside the COVID vaccination centre and Twitter came up with a notification, Manic Street Speakers. There you go. I have our own account on the notifications. Um, Manic Street Preachers, new album trailer. And I was just like, what? (laughs) So I was just sat there watching it with tinny sound, with Mel looking at me like, that sounds horrendous. She thought it was just a song. Oh, yeah. So all the the cuts and like the weird things going on, she was, was, at the end of it, she was, was that the new song? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would be very avant-garde if that was their new song. But yeah, it was very Kieran Evans and it just... It did what it set out to do. It made my pulse race and go, oh my God. So on Friday, it was a big day for Mannix. First up, they confirmed that the album is due to be released on September the 3rd. The Ultra Vivid Lament. And I always, because so many people on the internet said it was called Violet. Yeah. I want to call it the Ultra Violet Lament. Yeah, I I actually did. I I went for a walk with Leslie along the beach last night and she went, oh, so there's this new Manix album. And I went, yeah, the Ultraviolet Lament. No, no. (laughs) And stopped myself and actually remembered the correct title. It could be a a paradox. It could be the Ultraviolet Lament. (gasps) Can you imagine? Maybe James has been practicing his like emo scream. Okay, so the track listing as we know it, still snowing in Sapporo. Orwellian, The Secret He Had Missed featuring Julia Cumming of Sunflower Bean, Quest for Ancient Colour, Don't Let the Night Divide Us, Diapause, my favourite, mm-hmm. Complicated Illusions, Into the Waves of Love, how very unmanic is that? <laughs> no, right? 
Blank diary entry featuring Mark Lanigan, formerly of Screaming Trees and Queens of Stone Age. Happy Board Alone and After Ending. I mean, just the titles, I am excited to hear this album. It all is very manic-y, apart from, I'd say, The Secret He Had Missed, Don't, yeah. Don't Let the Night Divide Us and Into the Ways of Love. I'm going to show my age here, um, and I apologise, but don't let the night divide us. Since I read that, all I've had in my head is Jason Donovan's Nothing Can Divide Us. Because, you know, I'm I'm an 80s child, and literally, there was a part of my brain that was like, oh my god, I desperately need this. I need the Mannix to do a cover of that song. I mean... It would be immense if they're just going to be on stage and James Dean Bradfield's got his guitar and he's like, you can put your trust in me, I will never set you free. I mean, I'm here for that. I've gone 80s as well. When I think of Into the Ways of Love, I think of sowing the seeds of love. I was just going to say that as well. I'm picturing James and Nicky just standing on the stage swaying their arms, getting the crowd to sway along. Yeah. I just like, and you could have a nice bit for Nick Naismith, couldn't you? So in the seeds, ba 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 ba. Into the waves, ba 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 ba. I've just noticed there's a, another album with love in the song title. Oh, of course. They love their love. They love their love. We love them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was the most corny thing I think I've ever said in 38 years. I know they've done it before, but I'm surprised because they've done it for Futurology and Rewind the Film, I do remember that, like the trailer. I was surprised how soon they've released the trailer. Yeah, when you when you consider that it's only May and the album's not out until September, obviously I have to ask you the fan question, have you pre-ordered it? Not yet, I'm sorry. I've just moved house, I've just moved house on the skin. This is true, and I had a mad moment yesterday, and this is really, this is genuinely true. I said to Leslie, there's no room on my CD rack because I'm a completist and I like, well, it's not a rack. It's like a bookshelf that I use for CDs. But I was like, there's no room. I don't know what I'm going to do. Where am I going to put this new CD? And for that reason, I've ordered the signed book version. Wow. <laughs> Just so I can put it somewhere else. Is that the deluxe edition? Yeah. Yeah, because this is another bizarre thing. It's spoilers too soon. If you go on that website, which I assume you did to buy it, and click through the embedded version of it, you can see all the lyrics to the songs. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Well, I suppose you want to know them now, really. Yeah. I mean, I will... I Oh, wow. I'm sad that I didn't see that yesterday. I was too excited. What were your thoughts on the title, then, once it was finally revealed? I like it, because I think it's a bit pretentious. I, apart from the fact that I keep calling it ultraviolet instead of ultraviolet, oh my god, I can't even say vivid. <laughs> Let me just put my teeth back in and I'll start that sentence again. Vivid. The ultra vivid lament. I like it. I think um, it's a shame that we know what the album is called already because I was really enjoying fans making yeah. up things <laughs> from hashtag TUVL. Um, but I do like it. It's quite manixy to go with something with lament in the title. And I, I like the sort of the ultra vivid to me makes it sound like it's going to be quite an up-tempo album, which the trailer didn't really hint at so much because that was very dark and moody. That's another thing about the Friday. We got the album cover as well. And it, it's complete contrast 
to because it's bright and sunny compared to yeah. the, the album trailer. Yellow writing. Yeah, it's uh, I believe it's Tenby Beach, and it could be anything from a photo taken in the seventies, one of one of Nikki's family photos, or something Nikki took yesterday, just with a heavy Instagram filter on. It's it's really difficult yeah. to gauge what kind of photo it is. But it is. It's it's very fun. It's 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 odd that everything seems to be quite at odds with that trailer. Maybe we're going to get the album and we're going to be like, wow, this is dark. <laughs> it's not what the name kind of suggests to me and it's not what the artwork has suggested and it's not what the the first single has suggested to me. No, that's it. Um, before we get on to the single, there is the big news of the tour. How many dates do you think you'll do? Bath, is it? I'm just going to do one because I always just do one because I'm poor. Um, but I mean it used to be that I was poor and I also had a job that I couldn't take time off I work for myself now so I'm even more poor um so yeah Bath I think we're looking at and I say I think we're looking at my my gig buddy Kirsty has literally already booked the hotel it's about time you had a bath I mean I do need one I smell <laughs> okay I'm not going to read all the dates out but September and October dates are Newcastle Edinburgh Dundee, Stoke-on-Trent, Manchester, York, Glasgow, Leeds, Portsmouth, Bournemouth, Cambridge, Bath, Brighton and London. The London date is a one-off in early December, so that's probably going to be like a big Christmassy gig. There was a big bit of me that was like, I should go to that, because <laughs> uh, I'd like to, but you know, again, work for myself now and Christmas is expensive so probably won't be able to. Well part of my mind I'm thinking I want to go to the Cardiff gig in July if it's still on. Either Bournemouth or Bath. Come to Bath. I mean, it's so awkward it's midweek. I know that is true. And probably hopefully the, the London December gig as well. Well I I'm just excited that in after a weird year and a half pretty much we are talking about a manix tour it's mad isn't it it's it, yeah. done, it feels i know they've done oh coming soon hope you hear something soon mm. but when that trailer appeared on my notifications it's a bit like oh my god this is it yeah. suddenly felt sudden it was like this it's actually happening well, it's, it's funny because I literally was on Skype with um, Kirsty earlier this week. It was on Monday night. And we both went, do you think we'll get the album this year? It'd be really cool if it came out this year or early next year, maybe. And then maybe next year they'll do a tour. And then, of course, Friday comes along and we're both sort of like frantically messaging each other like, oh, my God, it's coming out in September and there's a tour. The last thing we got on Friday, because it was a good day, uh, Orwellian came out. I guess you could say it's the first single, whatever that means now. I love it. I am such a fan of this song. And it was one of those things where I always have like a little butterfly in my tummy when I press play on a new Manic song. Because I'm like, come on, please be good. (laughs) Please, please don't finally be the moment where I go, not for me. Um, But there's there's something that's very Manic-y about it. You can just always tell a Manic song. I love the piano and I listened to uh, Nicky Wire talking to Chris Evans on the radio and he was saying that a lot of the album came from James Dean Bradfield just like tinkering on his piano um, and coming up with little tunes and so the fact that this opening single if you will um, 
has this ding ding at the start. I'm just like, oh, he really has been tinkering away. The just transcending piano is really effective, isn't it? Yeah, it's instantly catchy. As soon as I, I was um, going to work, and as soon as I'd had one listen, it was in my that chorus was in my yeah. head. That's what I was going to say. Yesterday, I was making my bed and I put it on Spotify. And obviously, because it's the only song in that album um, on Spotify, it just plays over and over and over. And because it took me sort of a while to make my bed, because I was fighting with my pillows, um, <laughs> I listened to it about three times and I didn't get bored of it. And I was just sort of bopping around my bedroom everywhere you look, everywhere you turn. It's, it's, I, I can really imagine that being a proper sing-along chorus when they go on tour with it what are you expecting from the album given what Orwellian sounds like in terms of sound I'm hoping for something quite epic I'm hoping for something that is um mostly up tempo mostly um sort of that broad manic sound of the sort of everything must go era ish um but instead of strings, I'm predicting quite a lot of piano. It does seem like piano is going to replace the strings in a lot of it. Um, the lyrics, um, some people have said are a bit clunky, but I get what he's referring to. I get the message that's being yeah. sent, and I don't think it's overbearing. No, the only issue I had um, with the lyrics, and, and literally this was my first listen, and I went, hmm, <laughs> as, as it was playing was the line it's impossible to pick a side because my brain just instantly went no your side is not the tories it's very easy <laughs> just not the tories that's our side but i guess that's going i i think that's more a comment on the extremities the extremities of the right and the left yeah yeah to, to him he, he, he to him he doesn't belong in those yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of people that feel quite politically lost at the moment. So I think it's probably going to strike a chord. Next up is my interview with Jimmy Arundel, a journalist and Manix fan, and his take on the new album news. Everywhere you look. After three years of a barren Manix apocalypse, they are finally back with news of a new album. Uh, Jimmy, what are you expecting from the album and what, from what you've heard or any inside information you may have, nudge, nudge, wink, wink? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what I think is absolutely fascinating and exciting about this album is that um, if you go back to, was it 2011 when Postcards came out? Uh, 10. And, yeah, and it came out with, with that, that tagline, like, one last uh, attempt at mass communication and it was a very very much like a pop album and you know it, it had mixed results I think the, the singles were strong there's you know a couple of tracks on it but I know I mean I know a lot of people were disappointed by it which you know like and then they went on to do the National Treasures gig which was that that they kind of hyped it a little bit as their, their last ever thing and you know like they, they, they kind of even suggested they were going to split up but after that um, they, they found their own sort of direction which isn't 
chasing the charts anymore, which isn't them trying to do something popular or popularist. Um, and you know, so then you got like the rewind of film, and then followed on with the futurology. And it's the futurology thing that I really want to focus on because mm. what what they've done since then is they've they've kind of gone through all these different incarnations of sort of crowd rock and art punk and stuff like that. You know, like um, and that you know, like the futurology, which was like. If the Holy Bible was the scourging of Western civilization, like Futurology was almost the opposite. He was, was praising all the artistic movements, you know, of, of Europe and their Western civilization, and it was very much a, um, it was very much them, it, you know, like it was intelligent, it was uh, like, you know, like um, informative, and they, it, it worked. It was something that chimed with uh, the fans and actually the public. I think kind of surprised them and that's what influenced like the next uh, album resistance is futile which they went for um, they took that sort of like that that art punk uh, post-punk kind of sound and made it more authentic and again it, it was their greatest success uh, in, in ages it totally like satisfied uh, all the hardcore fans casual fans and even casual listeners and I think they've got into this this good groove now, where they feel comfortable to do something really um, sort of uh, different. And um, I think this is going to hark back slightly to their even lifeblood. Um, I think it's going to be this sort of this fusion of um, a pop sound um, that's very much their pop sound. Because I mean, like they they've been quoted as saying, like obviously Abba, we know well he is definitely mm-hmm. got a lot of Abba in. But they've been saying like albums like uh, David Bowie's Lodger, um, which I don't know if uh, like you know this album. It's the like I mean it's the last one of the uh, the Berlin trilogy, okay. which everyone seems to miss. And it's a lot more pop, uh, but it's still got these slightly kind of like angular edges to it and uh, sort of crystalline sort of pop to it. And they've also like been mentioning Echo and the Bunnymen, which has always been a, a big thing. So I get this feeling what they're doing is they're taking all these left field advancements that they've been doing for the last uh, sort of two albums and um, they're combining it with this pop feel and I mean like you know like obviously it's been recorded in Rockfield mm-hmm. and that is just the, the hit generating studio uh, like you know they, they, there was like the 90s how many bands did like classic albums there like Ash and Oasis and stuff like that and I just feel like they've got this really really good master plan of combining a pop record that isn't chasing chart success that um, just just sort of feeds all those things that they always wanted to do as, as kids um, but now they don't feel the need to kind of scream and shout it but they can just do it in this this really perfect seamless pop package the trailer itself the Kira and Evans trailer is a masterclass in misdirection because it's got all these <laughs> weird quick cut ed- editing misdirection of muffled sounds and distortion and then you hear Orwellian and go oh that's a cleanly produced catchy pop song <laughs> yeah I mean it, like here is an absolute genius and like um, I, yeah, I had a good long chat with him after uh, he did the uh, Be Pure Be Vigilant Behave yep. uh, screening at the uh, Broadway cinema here in Nottingham and um, like he's a very 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 switched on man he's like the perfect partner for the Mannix and he's definitely got that subversive situationalist kind of attitude of let's put something right in full view and 
it might not be exactly what you expect it is, but I'm going to push you down a avenue that I want you to go down, mm. which is what it's done with this trailer. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, the things, the, the things with the trailer, and I think they did it with the Resistance is Futile tour as well. Yeah. Is if they if they go out on tour and they use Kieran Evans imagery and, and things on the screen i think that is just the perfect match so whether they'll do that on the tour i don't know i'm pretty sure they will do it. i mean like uh, you know he's told me that he's, he's, he's working on lots of things at the moment and there's things to come um and basically i think he's he's just their de facto like image person now yeah. it, like i think he'll basically be working with them forever yeah do you think uh, there'll be any influence that rolls on over from James's solo album, even in Exile? Because there's, from the trailer and from small clips of interviews, it does seem that they're trying to do different things. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, he literally did a interview uh, with Absolute Radio recently where they actually quite astutely asked them exactly that question. And he went on to say that in some strange ways, uh, you know, the new LP is slightly a reaction against uh, Even in Exile. He said that, you know, this, um, this attitude of with a solo album, you can be very self-indulgent, um, whereas uh, with the Ultra and Lament, he's purposely gone for songs that are more chorus-driven, more melody-driven, mm. and have, as you know, sort of hinted before, more, more of a pop appeal. But definitely, as I say, with this, this, this left-field... Uh, aspect to it yeah it's definitely interesting to hear that pretty much i think all of the albums written on the piano first which i don't yeah. think they've ever gone in that direction before no i mean like there's, there's, there's definitely been an element of that and i'm sure that like his um you know like all the soundtrack scores that he's been working on the moment is going to have fed into that um but it's interesting so i actually um was speaking uh, to the band uh, back in 2019 at Splendor Festival, uh, like I got chatting to them, and I, I literally spoke to them one by one. Mm. And uh, it was James that I was speaking to first, and I was like, um, "Oh, you know, like Resistance is doing really, really well. Is there any sign of a, a follow-up record? You know, what are you working on at the moment?" And the first thing he said is like, "Oh, do, do you know uh, Victor Hara?" And unfortunately, at that time, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I think like a lot of us, uh, the Manics are a brilliant conduit of giving us all this information. Mm. And kind of was like, "No, I, I don't actually." And it goes on working on a few soundtracks and I'm working on a, a solo album about him um, but we are working on a new Manic record and I was like oh brilliant like, can, you, can you tell us anything about it and he's like oh well we, we did one or two songs and um, I'm, not, I'm not really sure about the direction and you know like and that, it's it's kind of on, on, on hold for now I was like okay cool and uh, then I got chatting to Nicky and I was like said to Nicky like uh, oh James says new Manic album on the way and uh, Nicky was a bit more sort of a beat about it and Nicky was like um, oh yeah 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 we've, we've got about sort of five or six songs um, you know like uh, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out a direction you know but um, we're kind of putting it on hold for now um, but you know it's, it's definitely progress which was kind of a little bit at odds with what James had said yeah. being a bit like sort of dismissive and uh, third, third uh, please tell me you, please tell me then spoke to Sean and you said what we're, we're recording an album <laughs> no when I spoke to Sean and I said oh you know the, the other guys are saying um, you know we're working on an album but it's uh, not been too much progress he turns around and he's like what are they talking about like I, I think it's done I just want it out yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty much finished so um, 
you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know what they're like. You know, whatever they say about what's coming up, it might not necessarily be true. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors there. But um, it was brilliant to see that the three of them all seem to have totally different ideas of uh, where this record was at and at what stage of uh, completion. But Sean was, was the champion. <laughs> he, he, he wanted it out ASAP. Well, that's the weird. That's the weirdest thing because I know over the past couple of weeks they done a little teaser of like you, yeah there is news coming soon mm-hmm. like literally like album titles or something but I'm still surprised by how quickly this has come about I don't know why because uh, if I'm thinking oh yeah it's probably going to be out September October yes you need they need the two or three months of pre-sales and all of that kind of stuff but I don't mm-hmm. know why it just took me by surprise when that trailer came out I think it's a combination of things I mean like we all know that James has just got this absolute fastidious working class attitude with a massive work ethic where he just, you know, he's just in the studio even when he doesn't have to be, you know, uh, he's, he's just constantly on it. And again, I think it was after Postcards. I think Postcards did have a slight negative knock-on effect in the initial stages where it didn't do as well as they thought it was doing. But I think that was them chasing what they thought mm. everybody wanted from them rather than what they wanted to do. And ever since then, they've done what they wanted to do. And it's had this acceleration um, in a really positive way. And it's, it's, it's meant that they've just kept on going back, kept on writing, kept on bringing out all these fantastic things. And it's it's been a great time for being a Manix fan. And I get a feeling it's been a great time for being in the band as well. And I think that's going to reflect in the uh, the music as well. I mean, like what I'm kind of getting the impression of, uh, certainly you hear it in that trailer, like, uh, what's that line about? Like, uh, don't let those boys from Eton think yeah. that we have Eton. And, um, you know, we've got this path towards uh, freedom and equality and stuff like that. And whereas, whereas, you know, like before, I mean, there's been hints on Rewind, Rewind the Film with, like, 30-Year War and stuff like that. But, but most of the songs have been more like distant colours, where it's been sort of slightly disenfranchised, slightly confused, slightly dejected. They just seem to have kind of like got their confidence back, and this is going to be that record that really, really, really smashes it in the back of the net. Yeah, and it does seem like the politics is still there, but it's much more personal. As if you're talking about Orwellian, um, yeah. it's it's literally a reference to the culture wars. If you yeah. you know, even if that there's a song title called "Don't Let the Night Divide Us," which I think is along the same lines. Mm-hmm. It's much more acknowledgement of where we are, rather than yeah. It's got the, obviously a line about the Tories, but rather than as you know being angry like the Holy Bible is, it's it's a, you know that it's a much more measured and controlled way of getting their message across. I suppose. Well, the funny thing about like like literally, if you look at Orwell, and when you talk about Orwellian, people tend to home in on 1984. And 1984 is an absolute hopeless like record, um, album, novel. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute hopeless novel. I was thinking I'm, I must get that album sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, you know the way that it, it, it basically, it, it, take, it totally takes apart how totalitarianism can be such an effective method of controlling every aspect of your life. And that, it, you know, like, I'm sure everybody listening to this has read 1984. If you haven't, shame on you, what are you doing? <laughs> Press pause on this, read the book. I've, only, I've only heard the album. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the Bowie album that was in 
was uh, basically was it Diamond Dogs, which was meant so, to yeah. be a, a musical representation. <laughs> so that must have been in the back of my mind somewhere, which is where that comment came from. But um, yeah, the whole the whole point of that book is that um, that perhaps absolute control is inevitable and can't be defeated if once it takes root. Mm. Whereas the song Orwellian is um, it's actually quite optimistic. You know, it, it does say that we can defeat this manipulation of social media, that we can get past this constant fog or a miasma of mistruth, that we can get back to, you know, absolute facts and concrete truth rather than post-truth and fake news. Mm. What were your first impressions of Orwellian musically when you first heard it? Loved it, absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of Anna. And I mean, everybody straight away, that's that screaming out. And I mean, like they even, like the um, the quote that they said, you know, this this is like definitely an, an Abbott-influenced um, song. And I, I'm just like, you know, one of those uh, fans that uh, goes to the gigs, I get there a good few hours uh, before, <laughs> usually around midday, and sit on the floor just to make sure I can be stood on the uh, the front line, and I just know along with all the other uh, hardcore fans that there will be choreographed dances, I'm sure, to that. <laughs> In sequence. Exactly, yes. <laughs> now, so speaking of the tour, how many dates are you going to go to, do you reckon? Well, this is the interesting thing. So, um, me and uh, my good friend and editor, Don Gawley, have been uh, chatting and we're currently liaising with people and uh, hires up with the publications that we work for and their PR people, and we're hoping to do all 14 dates. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whether that happens, whether we pull it off, but we um, are currently hoping to do some very, very extensive uh, coverage of this upcoming tour. 14 dates uh, to celebrate um, the 14th album, of course, wow. and we get the feeling it's something special. And it's been a long time since anybody's done a really, really, really good tour coverage of the Manix, um, possibly not since um, Cuba. No. So, yeah, so it's, it's an ambitious thing, and so we don't know uh, whether it is going to come to fruition, <laughs> uh, but that's definitely our ambition. Well, I'm going to be a lowly. I think Bournemouth. That's where I'm from, and I can get to Bournemouth. I know a friend who probably will be going to Bath. I think that'll be it for the main tour. But yeah. I definitely want to go to the London December gig as well. Absolutely, and that's shortly before a birthday of mine of a certain age, and so uh, that's going to be my little party, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, because they've got plus special guests, haven't they, that it seems like they're going to announce something quite big in terms of support. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I mean, the anchoress, uh, like Catherine, being on every other day of the tour, I mean, like, that, that last record that she did, I mean, that is so powerful, so important, so fantastic. She's such a great artist, and obviously her links with the, the Manics means that she's the perfect support, and that's going to be great on every other day. It'll be very, very exciting to see what they pull out of the hat for Wembley. And will James, actually, if with the anchoress supporting, will James come out and do the exchange? Oh, that's interesting. I suspect no, no. Not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that single's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like when I, when I first heard that, it, you know, the first time I listened to it, it was like, oh, that's 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 a little bit high for him. Is he, is he going to be able to pull that off? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, that, it's like the, the deep dark Bond theme 
um, that should be and never will be a bomb <laughs> thing, but it is that that, that menacing, absolute like uh, absolute sort of inversion of love to become this sterile, cold, horrible thing. It's brilliant. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, thank you very much for that. Maybe sometime in September, October, like we can meet up at Bath or Bournemouth in your mad 14-day session. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously we've got to pull that off and there's, there's a slight thing of finances and money. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, you know, we've got to eat and pay bills and things like that, apparently. Um, and obviously, I mean, I've just bought this seven copies Oh, of uh, the ultra vivid lament and <laughs> like never mind gig tickets and hotels and yeah. travel so um, we'll see is this after you sleeping on park benches well yeah um, I've, I've, I've done it before I don't want to do it again <laughs> alright thank you very much Jimmy Cheers. That is it for this emergency podcast edition. I didn't I should do a klaxon, shouldn't I? There you go. <laughs> if you like what you hear, go to Apple Music and rate us and review us. If you don't like what you hear, don't review us. Uh, we're also available on Spotify, Acast, other other podcast platforms. Contact us at mspod1 at gmail.com, msp underscore <laughs> MSP underscore pod on Twitter and Bank Street Speakers on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time. We love you one time, we love you two times, we love you three fucking times. Get pissed, destroy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. to Bath.